0: a bulletin you can read with me. Uh, I hesitate to read this much scripture on a day like today, but just think of it, I'm trying to help you with your yearly Bible reading and get you caught up. So uh, I want to read this entire chapter here because I'm sort of going to be picking pieces from it over the next few minutes and I want you to see the full context of what's being said. It comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And verse number one, First Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 1 says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling in my speech and my preaching, we're not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Can I just stop right there uh, and, 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 and just say this really quickly? This is not where I'm going, but just to insert this. We've got too many celebrity preachers. We have too many people nowadays that their name has been elevated above his name. I don't need to go hear somebody just because they're on TV to be able to get close to Jesus. Because you know what? Man's wisdom and the wisdom of man's words are not going to save me. But it's ultimately demonstration of spirit and power. However, verse 6. However, we speak the wisdom among those who are mature. Not the wisdom of this age. Nor the rulers of this age who are Come to not coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of the glo- of our glory, for our glory, which none of the world rulers of this age would have known, for had they have known they would not have crucified the Lord of glory, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him, but God has revealed to them. Revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we receive, not the Spirit of this world. I want you to watch this. There's this back and forth going on in this whole thought of Paul. We receive, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. That we might know the things which have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words. Which man's wisdom teaches. But with the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things to spiritual. Now here's the key verses. 14, 15, 16. But the natural man. Say the natural man. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him; nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself rightly judged by one and by no other, no one. Sorry, for who now he asked this question? For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. For just a few moments this morning, I'm going to probably preach something very different than what you would expect on an Easter Sunday, but I'm going to preach this. What goes down must come up. So in case I did not misspeak, I know what's flipped on that, but what goes down must come up. We live in this crazy world today. It is is an absolute crazy world. We live in a time when our phones are wireless and our cooking has become fireless and our cars are keyless. Food is fatless. Relationships have become meaningless. Our attitudes have become careless. Our feelings have become heartless. Babies are fatherless. Children are mannerless. Education is valueless. Youth are jobless. Sadly, leaders are shameless. Politicians are worthless. Our government is clueless. And we are speechless. And we look at this whole understanding and we look at all this and and I'm not here today to make any kind of political statement. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. I don't care if you're laying in the middle of the aisle. It doesn't matter to me today. It's not about that today. It's not here to make a political speech or stand on one side of the law or... Or who to vote for. That's not what we're here about today. But Paul gives us this description that shows you why our world and why we as humans are in the situation that we are in. Because in this entire scripture we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he gives this back and forth conflict. This back and forth between this this raging war that is going on. And it's not the war that you think. It's not... it's not not a war of necessarily good and evil like you would maybe quantify. It's not even a war based off uh, uh, off, off of the devil and the angels of heaven fighting. That's not even what the war that's really raging. The greatest war that's taking place in this room today and the greatest war that is taking place in this world today is the war between the natural man and the spiritual man. That's the greatest war because whoever wins that war determines everything. Because Calvary already guaranteed that he wins the war over the adversary. Satan can't win. He's already been defeated. But the greatest war being raised today is the war between the natural man and the spiritual man. And just for a minute today, when I say natural man, let me describe to you for a moment what the Bible gives us As scripture to what that natural man is. If you read any kind of theologians, theologians refer to the natural man as the Adamic man. Meaning the man, the part of man that comes from Adam who was the first one to sin. And this sin nature that is passed on from man after man. The Bible later goes on and says we are all born in sin. All have sinned. Romans says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And it's this natural man, this, this sinful man that passes away. But Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3 that you must be born again. It's this natural man that's got to pass away so that the new man can live. Paul gives us some descriptions, if you allow me, just for a moment. He gives us some descriptions. Paul said in Romans chapter 6 and verse number 6 that it's the natural man, the old man, that is crucified with Christ. Later on, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 22, he said, put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. But let's look at the characteristics, if I could for a moment, let's look at the characteristics of this natural man. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. In times past, our lifestyle was to live after the lust of the flesh, as we sought to fulfill the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Later on in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, he continues. This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as heathens walk, in the emptiness of their mind, having having their understanding darkened, they are alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is within them, because the blindness of their heart. Who being, who being past feeling, have given themselves unto lasciviousness to live sexually immoral lives as they are controlled by their greed. And further on in this different chapter in Colossians chapter 3, he continues, verse number 5, Therefore put to death your fleshly, earthly nature that is marked by fornication, sexual impurity, lust, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry, it is because of these things that the wrath of God is coming to the children of disobedience. This is the way you used to walk when you lived in them. But now you are also put off these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another. And Peter later on adds in Peter, 1, Peter 4 verse 3. For in our old life we lived like the heathen when we walked in lascivious, this lust, drunkenness, partying. And idolatries. I'm not here today to try to make a stand on sin before you panic and think I'm I'm here today to try to preach against anything or to take a stand. That's not what I'm here to do today, so let's not go down that road. But we live in a world, we live in a society, we live in in, in in a time where it's all about what feels good to me. That we are fed constantly through every portal of communication, we're fed through every avenue that we're to do what feels good. And we feed ourselves, and we, we feed ourselves constantly, and we feed this natural man constantly, and you feed ourselves, and we become overwhelmed by all the things of the natural man. And here's the problem. Paul goes on to tell us this, that to the natural man... The things of the Spirit are foolishness. To the natural man, the things of God can't be comprehended. Because here's the problem. Paul said this about the natural man. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. To talk to the natural man about the things of God is basically trying to explain heaven to a dog. They just don't understand it. To the natural mind, it doesn't make sense. And we're here today on this Easter Sunday and we're worshiping and we're praising and we're giving God glory. But can we stop for a moment and think about to the natural mind, this is stupid? Can we just call it what it is? Okay? We're here today on Sunday. It's beautiful outside. Thank you. It's wonderful outside. We could be doing anything else today. But yes, I know it's Easter. And if you don't go to church any other time, you've got to go to church on Easter. That's just what somewhere it's written in the rule book. Easter Sunday, you got to go to church. So we're here today, and we're reading, we're, we're, we're doing our Easter thing. And we're sitting around, and, and we get here, and, and we kind of know, most of you, I don't know of anybody here, maybe there's a few of you that have never been in any kind of atmosphere like this, and most of us kind of know what to expect. We know there's going to be somebody up there probably dancing around and shouting and probably singing. And going fast, and we'll have three or four people doing crazy things, but it's just them, they're crazy. That's not me. It, it, I'm not gonna do that. And then we got people that it even gets weirder. We got people that close their eyes, and it gets weirder because they lift their hands and they start talking out loud. And if you listen real carefully, it gets even weirder because some people are saying some words that I don't understand what they're saying. Kickstart a Honda. Kill a Mosquito. (laughs) Who tie my bow tie, I tie your bow tie. It's, It's like that one guy says... You just spell coke backwards, E K O C E K O C E K O C, and you look around, going, "What in the world has happened in here? Because it doesn't make sense. What are these people doing?" No, it's we're we're sophisticated nowadays. We've got iPhones and iPads, and we've got all this stuff. We got Instagram and Facebook, and, and we're smarter now. We're not like they were back then in Jesus' time. They were just dumb they didn't get all this stuff they they weren't smart enough to know they were being duped because this we're we we've 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 evolved as a as 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 a human race beyond the spiritual we've moved and we've evolved beyond the need we'll figure it out that's what the that's what we do we'll get together we'll negotiate we'll I know what we'll do. We'll fix our problems. We'll just get the right person in office. We'll get the right program going. We'll get this. And the more they try, the worse it gets. And the more they tell you how good it is it gonna get, April fifteenth hit a lot of you hard this year, didn't it? EKOC. E-K-O-C. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here today. I'm not on I'm not on I'm not on a a a. a a government issue today. I'm trying to tell you that from this standpoint, man, the natural man, cannot fix a spiritual problem. I know this is a controversial thing today, and I don't want to say it to get myself in trouble, but it needs to be said. You can't fix racism through programs. Because if you look in here today, we're sitting here and there's black and there's white and there's yellow and there's brown and there's green and there's cream and they're all here together. And we're worshiping together, not because it's a program that brought us here, but we come here because there's a God. In case you're wondering, there's nobody checking your voter registration card. We don't have Republicans over here and Democrats over here and Independents somewhere in the middle. We don't do that. We're all together. It doesn't matter to me who you voted for. It doesn't matter to me what your policies are. The only thing that matters to me is that you're here today and that we're worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But see... To the natural man, that makes no sense. To the natural man, you can't comprehend that. Because, see, the natural man is being told that in order to get the right companion, you got to go into a website and fill out a 1,700-page questionnaire about everything about yourself so he can find the perfect person that will match you exactly the way you need. Can I tell you something? There is no perfect person. Because you know what? love is true love when you can love somebody in spite of their imperfections we want to find people that are perfect because we think that's going to make us love them baby that's not love love says there are things about you that are imperfect but I look past those things because I love you but see it doesn't make sense to the natural man it doesn't make sense to the natural man why some of us come here every week I mean, don't you know what there's stuff to do? Man, I work hard, preacher. I work Monday through Friday. I, I bust my backside Monday through Friday. I have only two days to do what I want, how I want it. And you're asking me to give up another day just so I can come and be a part of a church or do that? No, I'm not asking you to give up anything. Right. See, that's the problem. Right. Right. We think we got to put God first. I know what it said. Let me finish what I'm saying before you jump off. <laughs> because here's what we say. We put God first, right? Well, I put God first. So I'll give God his time, but everything else is mine. So I would put God first. You know, I, I'll put God first. And, you know, I, I'm, I, I believe God. and I love God. And he, he's the number one guy in my life. I put God first. But you see, God doesn't want to just be first in your life. Because you know what? It's you know they say what is the term? It's God, family, work, whatever the thing you know. I think Vince Lombardi said it's God, family, and football and the Green Bay Packers. I forgot what he said. That's what we do, right? It's God. We give God His little due, so we can do our family, and we give work. And as long as God is sort of in that top slot, it's okay. But you see, God doesn't want to be number one. In your life. God wants to be in the center of your life. So instead of making God number one in your life. Why don't you put your life in God? Instead of God being number one in your family. Why don't you put your family in God? Instead of God being number one on your job. Why don't you put your job in God? You see there's no separation. But see if you're living in the natural mind. You separate. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense today why we're here doing what we do. And the crazy part about that is do you know a lot of us will be back here next week? And at least I'm crazy. There are going to be a lot of people here that are going to take time this week, you ready? Studying the Bible in the middle of the week. And they're going to pray and talk to God in the middle of the week. And you know there are going to be some people in here that on the way to work, they're going to be calling out to God, talking to Him in their car. See, to the natural mind, that doesn't make sense. Because in the natural mind, we've got to figure this out. And then we sit here today, and let's be honest. Come on, let's just call it what it is. Some dude died 2,000 years ago, and do we really know? I watched the History Channel. They haven't really found anything. Come on. Come on, I've seen those documentaries. I, I, I don't really know if this is all. Are you sure? Hey, I've Googled this stuff on the internet. And Google says that this stuff is all made up. And are you sure? Come on, man. You really seriously think that I'm, I'm smarter than that? Yeah, it's great. We are. We're so smart. That's why we have the highest rates of depression The highest rates of anxiety, the highest rates of suicide, highest rates of addiction, highest rates of overdosing. Do you know what's crazy? Do you remember years ago on the signs at those traffic lights, they used to put drunk driving, now they put overdosing? Yeah, we're sophisticated, all right. We're smart. We've got this thing figured out. That's why we are a mess. We're a mess. And then to fix it, the solution that some of us propose, how preposterous this could be, that this guy that we don't even realize if he lived or not. We, they say he lived, but I don't know if he really lived or just made it up. It was a good story. Some guy that lived 2,000 years ago, who died, somehow resurrected from the dead, Now he lives, and some crazy people actually believe he lives inside of them. And then on top of that, there's some crazy people that actually think that he talks to them. If you don't think that's the case, go back and watch. And I'm not here to talk about, don't get all worked up. But our vice president said that God spoke to him and the media killed him. How can some guy who says the voice is in his head? That's what the natural mind says. That right there shows the natural mind. Because you're right, to the natural mind, really? I got voices in my head, all right. We got a lot of voices in my head. One voice is telling me I missed breakfast. It's natural mind. doesn't make sense. And you know what here today? I'm not here over the next few minutes before I'm done, not trying to appeal to your natural mind. I'm not here today to try to give you wisdom in your natural mind. I'm not here today, forgive me for saying it this way, I'm not here to help you discover the better you. Because i got to be honest with you, the better you will never be found on your own. The only better you is to let the old you die so the new new you can live. Because you know what? The old you is never going to get better. The old you has reached his limit. The old you is tapped out. So the only way for the old you to get better is to kill the old you and let the new 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 you live but see from the natural standpoint of a natural man that makes no sense it makes no sense and you know what from the other side most of us in here come on let's be honest just for a few minutes let's just get real you and i for a minute most of us know there's some really, I do mean this sincerely, there's some amazing people in this room. But for the rest of us, <laughs> and I put myself in the us category, we know what goes on in here and here. And if you could look at it today, it ain't pretty. All of us in here know what's taking place. When everyone's away and it's just us. We all know the stuff that goes through our minds. We all know the junk that's inside here. We all know the mistakes we've made. We all know the failures that we've had. We all know that the, the things that we've experienced, the hurts that have been done, and inside we know all these things. But the natural man tries to cope with those things. We can try to skip them away, drink them away. You know what? It doesn't understand. To the natural man, it doesn't make any sense why we do and don't do certain things. To the natural man. doesn't make any sense. And if I was here today to try to appeal to your natural man. I would give you a speech. And I would put some anecdotes in there. And maybe try to appeal to your wisdom. But ultimately by the time you left that room. Left that door. And went back to your car. Everything that I said would not have an effect in your life at all. And Paul even said that. He said, I haven't come to you to give you wisdom, but I've come to you to give demonstration of spirit and of power. Why? Because I'm not trying to appeal to your natural man, but I'm trying to appeal to your spiritual man. I'm not here today over the next, and I promise I'm not going to be long today, but for the next 10 minutes, I'm not trying to appeal to your natural man. I'm not trying to make, give you, to get you to to appeal to you and your natural man to to make you like me or make you want to come to church. That's not what this is about. I could care less about what you feel in your natural man. But inside of every one of you, there's a spirit man that's crying to get out. Inside of every one of you there 's a spirit man trying to cry to get out because it was put in you by God, right, right. but you see when everything in your life is built on that natural man, the spirit man it makes no sense. Paul said to the to the carnal mind to the to the natural mind, the things of the spirit are foolishness i 've said this before, and i 'll say it again it 's still after all these years and literally hundreds of people that I've personally witnessed and personally been a part of baptizing, I don't even know anymore. I don't say that to boast. I'm just saying there, there, there's too many faces. After watching hundreds of people baptized, it's still amazing to me to watch somebody. I don't get it naturally, it doesn't make sense. That I mean, doesn't make sense naturally. How can this water that comes out of a tap, that's on a bus right now, in a horse trough. I'm making it real appealing, aren't I? (laughs) On a bus, on a horse trough. Who wants to get baptized? How can that water... I don't understand it naturally, but I've watched it happen time and time again where I've stood somebody there and I've said to them, and my brother, upon the confession of your faith for the forgiveness of your sins, I now baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in Jesus' name. And I've watched just simply laying them down. Some people are so bad off, oh, you want to hold them down, but you know that's not going to work. Some of you needed to be dunked several times. But you know what? It only takes a split second. And I've watched the hardest, the meanest, the gnarliest people that had such a hard shell go down in that water and when they came up, I don't know what's in that water, but something's in that water because when they came come up, something changes naturally makes no sense. How in the world? I mean, I've jumped into pools a hundred times and never got out feeling good. (laughs) Hopefully you take a bath every day. You get in water every day. It's not the fact it's the water, but when you say that name, when you speak that name, when you say that name, yes, that name, I know it sounds silly, but when you say that name, J-E-S-U-S, when you say that name and in the water, and when it comes out the water, something happens. I can't explain it. But I just know if you've ever experienced it, you know it's true. To the natural mind that 's never experienced it makes no sense, silly, dumb, crazy, but the people in this room that have experienced it can testify that i don't i can 't explain it scientifically i can 't tell you how water washes away sin scientifically. two plus two does not equal four when it comes to baptism. All I know is when I stepped in that water, I was dead I was done, my sins were overwhelmed, but when I came out of that water, something in me came alive that was dead, and something that was alive died. Because for me, what went down had to come up. Because here's the problem here. The devil knows this stuff. He knows he knows all this stuff. Can I tell you, the, the devil is the greatest theologian out there. He knows the Bible better than any of us. He's been studying it for thousands of years. And he understands this natural spiritual man better than you and I do. So he likes to play on that whole game. Because he says to us in this room, some of us, that how many of you, for the very first time you came in here, he played On your natural side. I remember, John, John, you were telling your story about the very first time you came in here. What did the devil do? He would started feeling, these people are crazy. Just hold on and get out of here, and you never have to come back again. I mean, seriously, how many people, when you first came, you thought, if I could get out of here alive, that would be great, and I'm never coming back? Look at all that. That's not by accident. Why? Because to the natural mind, this is crazy. But when you left out of here, your natural mind said one thing, but there was something in here that was pecking at your spirit. Go, wait a minute. I can't explain it up here. I don't understand it up here. But I feel something here. But see, today, the devil would love to mess with your natural mind. In fact, he does. Because you know what? Here's what he says: You're no good. You're worthless. You're never going to be a good father. You're never going to be a good mother. You're a terrible sister. You're a terrible brother. You're a terrible son. You're a terrible daughter. And ah, this ready? This is a good one because this happens to a lot of us. You can fool these people. But you know good and well the truth. And it will only take time until they find out who you really are. And the moment they do, the moment they're all going to realize how bad of a person you are. Or how about this? Do you know your dad rejected you? Your mom rejected you? It's only a matter of time before God rejects you. This is how he works on the natural mind. He's working on the natural mind. He tells us, you know what? If God really loved you, he wouldn't have let what happened to you happen. If, if you really were somebody and all that stuff that preachers say about God and his love and the fact that he died, if that really was the case, he wouldn't have let it happen. And here ready, how can a good God let so much bad stuff happen in the world? You know what? That's not really a question that desires an answer. That's just really the natural mind saying this doesn't make sense. The natural mind says, "Why?" Does God allow this to happen? Why did God allow that? That's what the natural mind says. That's what the natural mind ponders. Because to the natural mind, we want everything to make sense. To the natural mind, I want it all to make sense. I want this all to make sense. I want there to be, I, I want there to be a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I want there to be something that makes sense to all this. And when it doesn't make sense, and I don't understand why, then it just it can't, I can't get past it. To the natural mind. But you see, when you allow the natural man to be buried. And you allow the natural man, as Paul said in Romans, to be crucified. This spiritual man comes alive. And you know what? For those of you that are in this room, why don't you start finishing the devil's sermons for them? Because when he comes along and says, hey, you're no good. You're worthless. You've made so many mistakes. You might as well start. You know what? Finish it for him. Say, hey, buddy, you're right. I am. I'm messed up. I'm a failure. I've done more things wrong than I could ever get right. But that's the natural man. But you see, old devil... I'm not just a natural man. Because this whole other thing lives me called the spiritual man. And the spiritual man has been sanctified. And the spiritual man has been forgiven. And the spiritual man walks in newness of life. So you're right. From the natural man, right. But the spiritual man, you're wrong. You know what? From the natural man, I may not be the best father, but greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm a good father because he's a good father and he's in me. But the question today is, I know this is Easter Sunday. And you're like, what in the world? I came here to hear, the, to hear the Bible story. Tell me the Bible story, preacher. Tell it to me. The tomb and the, the whipping and all the stuff that happened. Tell me the story. I want to hear that again. That's what I'm supposed to do. It's 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 the story of Easter. Okay, so here you go. He came, he lived, he died, he buried, he resurrected. There you go. But you know what's amazing? Let's stop for a moment. Let's look at the story. We know he was beaten, but you know what? They put thorns on his head. They drove it into a skull. All you ladies that have worn bobby pins know what it's like to have a hair headache. Unfortunately, for a lot of us, we've never experienced that before. But a lot of you ladies understand what a hair headache is. Can you imagine what it must have felt like to have inch-long hair? Spikes, thorns driven into your skull. Can you imagine the throbbing? Why? Well, you could say it was the it was the crown given to him because he was it was mocking him. Well, that was part of it, but there's something greater happening with that crown of thorns than you realized. And it was this all the way back in Genesis. When Adam sinned and Adam brought forth the resurgence of the natural man through sin. And when Adam sinned and he separated man from God from sin and separated the natural from the spiritual. Because before that, God walked with Adam in the cool of the day every day. There was no true separation of natural and spiritual because God was fellowshipping when sin came it separated man and when god looked at adam cursed adam he said i'm going to curse the ground and the ground's going to bring about thorns so when jesus came and they put that crown of thorns on his head they put the crown of thorns that comes from the ground from the earthly realm, from the flesh, from the curse of sin. And they drove it into his head, into his skull, into his brain, into his mind. Because what he said in doing that was, I'm going to give you power Over the natural mind by taking the very thing that was given to you as a curse. And I'm going to take that curse upon me. And I'm going to let that curse be driven into my head. And it's going to kill my natural mind so that in return, I can allow you and help you overcome your natural mind. So when he saw that crown of thorns, the next time you see a picture of the crown of thorns, don't just think Jesus as the king. But think, that's my pathway to get past my natural mind. How many of you in here today, there are, your thoughts derail you? Just in case you saw that, ready? <whistles> that's the signal. There's hope. Used to be a Bible. Now we have sophisticated. There's no more Bible. We just close the book. There's hope. How many of you today, your mind is your greatest battlefield? How many of you have said, if I could just stop thinking that way, if I could just get past this, fear, if I could just get past this anxiety, if I could just and you have this mind how many of you in here today that you feel like it's your thoughts that derail you, I got a good one having a good day right Life going good driving down the road, it's okay all of a sudden out of nowhere (laughs) wham a thought gets a hold of you It just seems to pop up and all of a sudden one thought sends you in a spiral that lasts for weeks. Some of you, I can say today in the Holy Ghost, that's where you are right now. Your brain is working overtime on you. And I guarantee you in here tonight, there are some of you that when you lay your head on your pillow tonight, it will take every resource available in your house and in your medicine cabinet to get your brain to shut off long enough so you can go to sleep. You ever notice that today... We are so addicted to noise. Why? Because we don't want to think. It's amazing. I know it's technology. I get it. I get technology, and I, I do the same thing, so I'm not knocking technology. But you can barely go anywhere without seeing people with headphones in. Since when did we need music all the time? I mean, you see people all over... Music in, music in, music in, music in. Driving down the road, music in. It's amazing. I was at the gym the other day and I was blown away at how quiet it was. It was like a library. No joke. The reason why? Everybody had music in their ear and nobody was talking to anybody and it was dead quiet. There were like 50 people in there. Because why? Because if we can get our brain to stop thinking, we can find peace. But the natural man doesn't have an answer for that. But see this guy we talked about a few minutes ago. He said, I've come to bring peace and righteousness to you. Not in the natural man, but in the spiritual man. I'm not here today to try to appeal to your natural man. To the natural man, this is absolutely the dumbest thing you've heard and you are ticking down in your mind until this fellow standing up there will stop talking so I can get out of here and I won't have to do it again till next year. When's Easter next year? Someone know? Somewhere in April. So guess what? Congratulations. Some of you, you don't have to listen to me for a year. But for the next two minutes, you got to listen. Because if you leave, everyone's going to know you're leaving. I'm not trying to appeal to your natural man today. Because to the natural man, this is foolishness. I'm trying to tell you today that this is not a natural fix. But there's a spiritual fix to a natural problem. Mm. But in order for it to happen, you've got to go down so that you can come up. I'm not just talking about baptism. The Bible says, if you would humble yourself and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. And I will restore. Restore. Do you want restoration in your life today? I'm not just talking about those that are here for the first time. I'm talking about some of you that come here every week. And you didn't know Easter was going to be your day. But there's some restoration in your life. The first thing you need to do is humble yourself. Humble yourself. Not from the standpoint of hunching over. And feeling so low. But humble yourself to the point. You know what? I don't care what you think about me today. Because I know my need for a Savior. I know I need Him. And you know what? Can I ask somebody this question today? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? You see, if over the next, if the last 45 minutes or so, you sat and you thought, well, that was okay, that was nice, all right, that's great. But you know what? It is what it is, you know? this is. I'll just keep going on. You're right. You just keep going on. And nothing will change. But I got to be honest with you. I think there are several of you here today. I don't know how much left of going on you have. Is there a desperation in here that says, you know what? To the natural mind, doesn't make sense. But to the spiritual mind, something in me. I feel something in me on the spiritual. Would you stand with me today? I heard someone say not too long ago, they made a statement about somebody wearing a cross. I'm not here to, whether you wear a cross or not, that's not the point. They looked at a cross and they made such a, a just crazy statement. They said, Why would you want to wear a cross? They said, You wouldn't wear, wear a replica of the electric chair around your neck because you see to the natural mind the cross equals death but to the spiritual mind the cross equals life to the natural mind the cross equals a place of ending but the spiritual mind the cross equals a new beginning it's all who you're going to allow to live today are you going to walk out of here with the natural mind What's the next thing I can get myself? What's the next thing I can do? What's the next thing I could place to go? Thing to do? I read the other day what a world we live in. I read a guy spent $15,000 to buy a ticket on some ticket site to be able to get into the theater to see Avengers Endgame. He missed the first time, so he bought a $15,000 movie ticket simply because he didn't want to get hear it from spoilers. He wanted to see it firsthand. $15,000 because he didn't want someone to ruin it for him. Is that not where we are nowadays? See, for some of us, that, that, that sounds that sounds Right? Coming here sounds foolish, but that sounds smart. Come on, man, really. I'm asking someone today if you would just take a moment right where you are. I'm not asking you to make a commitment. I'm not asking you to join a church. you not signing a paper. It's just a you and God moment right where you are. Would you just ask God? Just be honest with him. Say, God, I realize I'm running my life by my natural man. But, Lord, I don't want that to be the case in my life. I want the spiritual man to win. What's going to win today for you? The natural man or the spiritual man? What's going to win? What's going to win for you today? I can't make that choice for you. No one in this room can make that choice for you. You've got to make that choice. What's going to win today? The natural, the spiritual. Natural man, it's foolishness. But to the spiritual man... I wonder if somebody in here today, the Bible says, if you would humble yourself, seek my face, turn from your wicked ways, I will hear your prayer. I will heal your land. I wonder if there's anybody in here today that in this moment, you desire for restoration, you desire for healing, you desire to leave here differently than when you came. And as a symbol of that desire, that you're willing to humble yourself Maybe even by humbling yourself enough to get out of your seat as a sign to God. Look, I'm stepping out, not because I'm trying to show everyone that I'm better than them. I'm stepping out because I'm so desperate for you to change me. I'm willing to take the risk today. And you're willing to step out of where you are. Come stand and lift your hands and say, God, I'm humbling myself before you. And I'm praying, God, that you would heal me, restore me. Is there anybody here today that's willing to take that risk, that chance, that opportunity? Yeah, for the natural man, it seems like an absolute waste of time. But for the spiritual man, in Jesus' name, Father, I can feel you in this room today. You're tugging on the hearts of lives of this room. Lord, I know for some of us that today doesn't seem like it's the day to do anything. We're just trying to get through. But God, I know that you don't see this day as just a holiday. But God, you look down in this room and you see the broken. You see the hurting. You see those that are that are in need of something. And you have the answer. And I pray now in Jesus' name that you would let our hearts be lifted towards you today. Come on, there's several that are responding. Is there anybody else today before we end that you're willing to take that chance? You don't... I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing you any what's going to happen. I'm just saying, you're just acknowledging to God. I want to humble myself before you. I'm humbling myself before you, God, today, that I would seek your face and that you would restore and heal my land. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, there's some down here praying, but would you just take a moment right where you are? Would you just reach over next to somebody by you? And let's pray one for another in this moment before we close. Can you pray for your neighbor, the person next to you for a moment? And let's just pray for one another and say, God, by your grace, help us today. By your grace, help us today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father, in your name. Oh, come on, let's just pray one for another just for a moment. Come on, God's in this place today. His power, His love, His spirit's in this place today. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh Father in your name right now in your in your name Jesus. spirit man live in me today let the natural man die that the spirit can live within me today oh god i don't want to be driven by the natural man but god i want the spiritual man to live in me oh yes in jesus name in the name of jesus